Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion, unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. And now, the story studio Hawk and Cleaver presents The Witching Hour. The Witching Hour is brought to you by the Mysteries to Die For podcast. It starts with a body. Suspects line up, all have motive, but which one killed? Mysteries to Die For is the podcast for mystery lovers. Season 3 contains the first stories of series detectives like Sherlock Holmes, Monsieur Lecoq and Hercule Poirot. Can you find the killer before these masters stage their grand reveals? Subscribe to Mysteries to Die For wherever you get your podcasts and put your skills to the test. That's the Mysteries to Die For podcast. The Hunter. Written by John Crinan. Performed by Luke Condor. Almost twelve o'clock. That was both the hour and my placement amongst the congregation who had gathered here tonight. A midnight gathering of old friends. We stood around the bonfire in a great circle, as if each of us stood on the hour markings of a clock with the fire at its centre. To my right, at ten on the clock face, a stranger wearing a cherub mask stared silently into the flames. To my left, to my north star at twelve, another mask, this time blank and featureless, utterly betraying its wearer. The faceless figure was at once both anonymous and instantly recognisable, as evidenced by the fan to his left, who pestered him as he attempted to remain focused on the flames. 
trust a rock star to disguise himself with his own band's logo. I scan the other figures around the bonfire. Our famous guest of honour may have chosen his mask poorly, but even with their faces covered, I felt that I recognised most of the people from the ceremony ten years ago. Ten years to the very night, to the hour. The flame cast lurching shadows on the trees that surrounded a circular clearing. The darkness of the cool night was playing tricks on me. On any other night, I'd be long in bed. The early bird catches the worm. That's what my father had taught me. Not that my commitment to early nights had been making much difference lately. I hadn't slept properly in months. I closed my eyes and felt the weariness deep in my bones. The ritual had rid me of my problems once before, but I had been young, stupid, careless with my ask. Perhaps it would finally give me peace tonight. Perhaps I would finally be able to sleep. But the ritual wouldn't give me what I most desired without a sacrifice. I opened my eyes and stared at the object in my hands. A chalice. It had already made its way around the circle, but a few mouthfuls of the dark, viscous liquid remained. I knew what came next. The liquid draught hit my stomach like a stone. Its effect was instantaneous, a roaring in my ears, a blinding flash of light. I almost fell to my knees, but somehow I kept my balance. My head lolled and the top heavy deer school mask that I wore threatened to topple me. My voice joined the chorus of others as we repeated the words we said ten years ago. We gathered souls, called to those eternal. Heed our pleas, is this time infernal. Grant those worthy with your boundless power, their hearts desire this witching hour. And those whose metal may not suffice, may you claim their lives in sacrifice. As the chorus quieted, all I could hear was the crackling from the bonfire. I scratched at an old scar on my arm, near my wrist, and studied the tree line. These woods used to scare me as a child. I'd grown since then. The stock market trading floor was my domain now. I'd walked into the lion's den and not just survived, but thrived. But the confidence I knew from my other life escaped me as the towering trees loomed overhead. I caught a glimpse of a lioness mask across the flames and winced. I'd lived the last decade as a lion, but today I felt like sheep, a young boy again in the woods where my father had died. With exaggerated movement, I spun on my heel away from the bonfire and faced into the woods. The flames cast a long shadow across the loam before me. I saw the antlers of my mask dance in a herky-jerky motion across the litterfall. I had turned too quickly. My head continued to spin. Woozy, I took a step forward, outwards away from the circle of humans, followed by another step, and then another. Soon, I was walking, an infant again, relearning these basic human movements. Something darted across my path, leaving a streak of colour across my vision. My gaze followed the creature, too slowly, as it disappeared behind a thicket of ferns. I felt a chill. What lurked out here in the darkness? What awaited me? But before the terror could grip me, a familiar face appeared from the brush. Purcell, my childhood dog, so named because of the amount of laundry he caused for my poor mum. An animal that I watched grow old and grey, 
pissing and shitting itself in the corner of the kitchen before ending up in a hole in the back garden, was now a sprightly pup again. This felt different to last time. Holding out my hand, I could see my fingers paint lines in the air in front of me. Here, boy. The dog turned to look at me, cocking its head at the sound of my voice. Come here, boy. The lovable mutt held my gaze for a second before spinning around to investigate something in the undergrowth. Suddenly it froze, staring off into the darkness, its nose twitching at some distant intrigue, a scent. Without warning, Purcell dashed off towards its target. In my woozy state, I had to do my best to weave in and out between the bushes. I crashed through a dense clod of bracken and cursed the animal. Hauling myself back to my feet, I set off in the direction I had last seen my childhood dog heading, away from the bonfire. I was chasing my past. With every drunken step, I felt a little more of the accumulated years of my adulthood leave my shoulders. I was transported back to my boyhood, chasing the family dog and losing myself in some game. I heard myself giggle, a carefree, childlike laughter that hadn't escaped my lips in years. But when my father got home, the laughter never lasted long. I stumbled, scraping my knees on some subterranean rock and falling flat on my face. I bit my tongue as my chin hit the forest floor. Purcell's wet nose nuzzled at the back of my neck as I spit out a mouthful of dirt and pulled myself onto my elbows. I reached out a heavy arm and gave him a scratch behind his ear. Purcell let out a little whine and I followed its gaze behind me where I had fallen. A deer lay there, a big one, dead and already well into the advanced stages of rot. Patches of its fur had split and caved in on itself as the meat of the animal had spoiled and oozed out onto the dirt. Flies swarmed as maggots boiled under what remained of its skin and out of the wounds. I saw them begin to crawl over my legs. I pulled my legs away, trying my best to shoo and smack the horrid larvae off my trousers. I felt the bile rise in my throat as their wriggling bodies crawled over and through the hairs on my shins. Purcell whined again and I looked up. The deer. Not another deer. The deer. The one I'd just collapsed over in my haste. Now, like my dead dog, it was very much alive and standing proud in a shaft of sunlight. Wait, where had the sun come from? A minute ago it had been midnight, hadn't it? Had I been chasing this bloody dog all night? My skull felt like it was full of cotton wool. The majestic animal serenely lowered its head to graze as motes of blossom fluttered in the golden rays of sunshine. It was exactly as I remembered that ill-fated day so long ago. I could feel the warmth of the sun on the back of my neck. I felt happy again, contented, but aware that a change was coming. I stared at the animal from my vantage point, still lying flat on the ground. A smattering of harsh scrub shielded me from the stag's view. It would have been the perfect spot for a killing shot. I closed one eye to get a better view, almost as if looking down the sight of a gun. Then I heard his voice again, from behind my left ear. Take the shot, lad. My father. A voice I hadn't heard in over ten years. I faltered taking my eye off the stag and beginning to turn to the sound of the old man's voice. What are you doing, boy? You never take your eye off an animal. Not until you've taken the shot. 
I felt smack across the back of my head, one so hard it blurred my vision. Shoot, damn you! My eyes attempted to locate the great beast again, looking through the rifle's sight. Where did this gun come from? I searched the foliage. I felt tears form in my eyes. I, I can't. Another smack knocked my protest away. You're my own flesh and blood. I didn't raise a softy. I squeezed my eyes shut, forgetting about the rifle in my hand, forgetting about the hunt, forgetting about everything except my father. I began to sob when his booming voice echoed firmly in my ears. Look at me, boy. I was shaking. The weapon rattled in my grip. I said, look at me. I slowly opened my eyes. My father was standing there before me. His own eyes were two pinpricks of burning rage. There was some part of my brain that I remembered that I was a grown man, one who had bullied and manipulated to get what I wanted, who had gotten into drunken fistfights in bars and won, who had spat in the faces of those who had wronged me. But right now, in the old man's gaze, I was that frightened little kid again, the one who had run away from this place with my terrible secret and swore never to return. I hated that kid, hated that I had ever been that weak, and yet here I was, back again, unable to break my death stare with the one thing in this world that I was still scared of. I felt like I could piss myself at any moment if one of us didn't look away soon. Just as I worried that those two eyes might burn themselves permanently into my retinas, they popped out of existence, and in their place were the terrible eyes of the stag. It stared at me with the same intensity as my father just had. My hiding spot had been compromised. The animal could see me, perhaps into my soul. But no longer was it the same proud beast that I had failed to kill on that last hunt with Dad. Now the animal was the rotten carcass from the forest floor, impossibly standing, no, charging towards me. Its limbs were bone, draped with shreds of old skin. The meat still clinging to its frame was grey and spoiled. Black tendrils of its rancid guts hung and bounced from a great gash in its stomach. Its skull, its huge antlers, they were my mask staring back at me. And it was bearing down on my position. I jerked backwards as the horrid demon drew closer. There was no one here with me, not Purcell, not even my father. But in my hands I felt cold, hard steel. The rifle. Quickly I swung the barrel around, just as the reanimated stag corpse was upon me. I squeezed my eyes shut and blindly pulled the trigger. The shot was the loudest thing I'd ever heard. It cracked the trees and left a high-pitched whine in my ears. I waited. Slowly, cautiously, I opened my eyes. The monster was gone, and in its place was my father again. No longer frightening, but now frail. He clutched his gut. I looked down and saw blood staining his shirt. His skin was pale, almost as pale as the bone of the beast's skull. He stared at me, trying to mouth something, but the words wouldn't come. All I could hear was my heart hammering in my chest. Here it was. The terrible truth that I had tried to outrun all my life. The reason I had to leave this place. The reason for the nightmares that brought me back to perform this ritual. I couldn't kill the stag. I had killed my own father. He fell, and I found myself, just like I did all those years ago, running to his body. 
His eyes were almost closed by the time I reached his side. He never did manage to get those words out. The whine from the cataclysmic gunshot still echoed in my ears as his huge, calloused hand went slack in my grip. Through tears, I absently spotted a tick clinging to the skin of his wrist, drinking its fill from the dead man's arm. You're my own flesh and blood, and I didn't raise a softly. Flesh and blood. I looked down at this once strong man and felt unworthy in his presence. We shared blood, so why wasn't I more like him? Why did I feel so scared? All my life I expected to grow into someone that this man might be proud of. But we were nothing alike. For years I thought I might be adopted. Maybe he secretly wished that I was. The tick moved, perhaps sensing the demise of its host. A single drop of crimson formed where it had detached itself. Blood. I pinched the little parasite between my thumb and forefinger and squeezed. More of my father's blood fell from its tiny mouth. Without hesitation, I pushed the insect onto my own skin and willed it to bite. When I felt its tiny jaws connect, I squeezed hard, emptying its stomach and killing it instantly. My father's blood rushed into my veins. I felt stronger instantly, more capable, and the dog was back, happily licking my face and jumping over me as if I'd just returned home after years away, which I guess was true. You did good. You're a man now, a man who provides for his family. I was standing, rifle slung on one arm. The deer carcass at my feet, its last rattling breast leaving its ancient body. Time to take our prize home, son. There was a tearing sound as the old corpse separated from the forest floor, almost as if it had set down roots. With a strength I didn't know I had, I hauled the kill onto my shoulders. Purcell nipped excitedly at my ankles. It was now my job to get the animal home, to skin it, gut it, and prepare the meat that would feed my family. A provider at last, with something to show for my effort, not just more meaningless zeros on a computer screen. With heavy steps, I began the long walk home, back the way I came. It was night again, but that didn't seem to matter. Time had no meaning now as I jumped between child an adult, day and night. I retraced my steps back towards the fire, and before long I saw the warm and welcoming glow of home. I thought I could see my mother standing in the light. She was beaming. So proud of her only child. I stepped across the threshold into that warmth, but something was wrong. My mother wasn't there, nor the dog. They evaporated like some mirage, like smoke. Shockingly fast, the warmth of the hearth became an inferno, fire, brimstone. I felt the dry and ancient fur of the stag catch like kindling, turning the beast on my shoulders into a heavy wreath of flame. I screamed as the bonfire took me, and in that final moment I understood. The ritual had freed me from my nightmares. The witching hour had given me the thing that I desired most. Sleep consumed me. The Witching Hour is produced by Story Studio Hawk and Cleaver and directed by Andy Conduit-Turner. Tonight's episode, The Hunter, was written by John Crennan and performed by Luke Condor. Music, sound and editing are all from Duncan Muggleton and additional sound effects are from freesound.org. Our entire series is produced under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, no derivatives license. 
which as my dear old grandma always used to say means don't sell it, don't edit it, don't use it as a low-cost meat alternative, but you can share it as much as you'd like. Until next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.